Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, Hi, friends, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our Sunday message here at Faith Dialogue on our podcast that we call uh, Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Bear with Faith Dialogue, and we provide uh, two updates each week uh, on this channel, uh, both the video and the audio channels, and we call this podcast Prophecy Countdown. On Sundays, uh, we're presently going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we go through chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Today, my message will be a cup of cold water at the end of chapter 10, uh, just uh, three verses that we'll take you through uh, this afternoon. Uh, my message premieres every Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, on YouTube, and then it's picked up on our audio channels as well. On Wednesdays, our updates, I hope you stick around for Wednesday. On Wednesday, our updates are fun. They're always prophecy-related, and typically what we do is we take one of the questions that we receive from our, our audience, our subscribers, our viewers, both on video as well as audio, will send us emails. We answer all of those emails, typically the same day, uh, and those, some of those questions uh, get filtered and become a part of our broadcast. If you'd like to uh, uh, ask a question, uh, feel free, just send us a message to our, our Gmail account, which is Prophecy Countdown Podcast. That's a mouthful. Prophecy Countdown Podcast at gmail.com. So let's get into the lesson today. This is Sunday. Uh, my lesson today is called A Cup of Cold Water, and we're in chapter 10 of Matthew, the last three verses. Jesus says, He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall no means lose his reward. So, so in these verses, one of the first things we want to do is so we say, well, what, what is Jesus talking about? Well, first of all, the context. In chapter 10, Jesus has been talking to his, directly to his disciples. We know them as the apostles. Here Jesus is talking about people and how we are to be hospitable. Uh, there's actually three groups of people here that Jesus references. Uh, we have the prophets, uh, we have the people that welcome the prophets, and we have Jesus. And Jesus says, he who receives you receives me. And then Jesus says this, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Now, what does this prophets mean? Is it, well, we don't have a lot of prophets today, a lot of people walking around with the, with the term prophet on their business card. Well, prophets, by extension, uh, represents the disciples uh, and, and all modern-day pastors and teachers and evangelists and missionaries, everybody that works for, uh, is doing the work of the Lord. Uh, whether you're paid or unpaid, whether you have a divinity degree or you don't, uh, you might just be a volunteer. You might not have an official title. Uh, but if you're doing the work of a prophet, um, you can be received as a, as a prophet. Nor normally, uh, Jesus would be teaching his disciples to practice hospitality, right? I mean, Jesus is the one uh, that talked about love your neighbor as yourself. He was the one that gave the, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. 
Um, so Jesus typically is telling us to be hospitable. Uh, if you've been a fan of The Chosen, the series that's been on, on TV and movies, it's a, it's a great series talking about Jesus and his disciples. Uh, there's a scene, I'm not sure exactly what episode it is, but there's a scene where the, Jesus is having his disciples uh, gather firewood. And then he wants to make sure that they uh, gather enough firewood so that after they're done, there's enough firewood that's piled up for the next traveling person. Again, he wants them to be hospitable. And this is what Jesus would be doing, is he would be teaching his disciples, teaching us to be hospitable. Uh, but Jesus actually changes the tone here because he's talking about, he's talking about the, the rewards that are given for those that are being uh, hospitable to his disciples, to his disciples. Again, uh, the, he talks about these, these three different groups, but, but let, me, let me talk a little bit about um, church workers for a, a minute. Uh, church workers, pastors, missionaries, and volunteers, often these are the people that have the greatest amount of compassion because of who they are, uh, because they've been infused with the Spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit's living within them. They're reading their Bibles. Uh, they have compassion. But often these people have sometimes have the greatest compassion, have the most difficulty in receiving any compassion from other people. They're, they hate being on the receiving end. You know, they all know the verse, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And sometimes it makes this same group difficult to receive, typical, difficult to be on the receiving end. And, I, and you know, that I think that includes me. I, I understand that. I understand it's difficult sometimes to, to being on the receiving end, these, these random acts of kindness. Uh, but Jesus is telling us that, that it's a blessing for other people to be able to, to give. When they give, they, they are blessed. Now, Jesus expands this group of recipients also, if you notice, to include all of those that are righteous. It's not only the if you receive a prophet, but if you also receive one that's righteous. Jesus says this, he says, And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. You know, when we perform acts uh, in God's name, uh, we honor Him. Our receiving, our reception of prophets and righteous individuals honors God. And why does it honor God? Well, Jesus includes all of those that, that are prophets because they're all doing the work of the ministry. They're doing the work of the ministry. They're honoring God. And by honoring them, we honor God as well. All righteous individuals are included as well. Uh, as those are to receive our hospitality because their righteousness, get this, their righteousness is a reflection of the righteousness of God. The righteousness that we have is not our own righteousness, but it's the righteousness of God. And because of that, when we receive a righteous man, we're, we're actually receiving Jesus as well. And that's why we are entitled to that, that very reward. Now, now, there's a very practical reason as well. Uh, for this hospitality. The practical reason is that people on the mission field, people that are working in the mission field, typically need hospitality. You know, in the days of Jesus, there, there were no Holiday Inns, no Hyatts, no Hiltons. We're here in Orlando. There's no Walt Disney World resorts. 
uh, no hospitality is, you know, hospitality is part of Disney. It's part of their service uh, banner. Um, you know, if you ever check into a Disney resort, that includes Hilton's and Hyatt's. You know, you get two soft pillows, two cold bottles of water, uh, and you get HBO on your TV. That's today's hospitality that's provided by these these uh, these hotels, these motels. But in the time of Jesus, uh, that it was not that way. People had to provide hospitality themselves. I can tell you from experience that in the field, on assignment from a local church, sometimes the creature comforts that we, that we need, we just don't have. And often we find ourselves without. I'll give you an example. This was a few years ago. I was uh, serving at a church and I got a call. I got the call myself. Uh, that there was a, there was somebody that was getting evicted. It wasn't a member of our church, but it was a good friend of one of our our, our regular congregants, a, a person that I knew very well. And it was a friend of hers that was getting evicted, and this woman was had some kind of disability. And not only was her, but she had a 15-year-old daughter that also lived with her mother and was also going to be evicted and thrown out into the street. And they had their household goods, and they had availability of going somewhere, but they had nobody to help them move. So... Our church had a, had a great men's group that I was a, a part of, so I, I called a few of the guys, and, and they happened to be available, and within a couple hours, uh, there were seven of us that were on our way to this woman's house that was not too far away, we had never met her before, uh, in order to help her move, and she sounded like she was all ready to go. All we needed to do was to help her. Uh, well, when we got there, we were completely unprepared for what we saw. If you've ever seen a, uh, one of those shows about hoarders, that's what we ran into. It was almost impossible to even get into the house. There were small little walkways through the house, and it was dark because the lights had already been cut off. Uh, but she was definitely going to be thrown out by the end of the day. So we, we got in, and we started cleaning up and doing what we possibly could. We had to do a lot of cleaning before we could get to some of the valuables, try to understand what the valuables were, get them packed away, and get them loaded on a truck. So what started off going to be a, a couple hours worth of effort ended up being five, six, well into the, to the evening. There happened to be a woman um, across the street, a neighbor, that saw us working. And as we, saw, we were talking to her later, she actually saw us gather together and pray before we went into the house. And she came by within about an hour, hour and a half with, with water, bottles of water, Dasani water. And it was great because you know, we were only going to be gone for a couple hours. Most of us hadn't brought any kind of provisions at all. All we did was get in our, our cars and our trucks and go. Well, sure enough, we kept on working, and, and within another two or three hours after that, the woman came back, and she had a whole group of sandwiches for all of us, along with some salad, some pasta salad that she had made, and some, some Cokes and beverages. That's hospitality. That's hospitality. And by receiving that, that woman received a, a blessing. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. Now, if you take a look at these verses all together, there's some promises that God is giving us. And I want to review those with you quickly. There's three promises that I see. The first one is that you will bring people to, to God. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, Jesus says, When others receive his followers, they are essentially welcoming both him and God the Father. You know, the thing is, is that when, when we're on the field and people recognize us and they recognize us as doing something, at least a nonprofit, 
we're introducing them to, to our God. Uh, the, I mean, this woman from across the street, I mean, I don't even know where she went to church or, or what her faith was, but she knew that we were from a local church. Uh, she knew that I was a pastor, that these men were all volunteers. We had volunteered to do this in that we were introducing them to the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, promise number two is that we ourselves are a source of blessing. We're a source of blessing if we allow others to minister to us. That's what it says in verse 41. It says that those who welcome prophets or righteous individuals will receive corresponding rewards. See, Jesus highlights the diversity of roles within the church. It isn't just the prophets. And again, I told you the prophets included anybody, anybody that is, that is, is doing the work of the Lord, anybody that's volunteering, anybody that's helping in any way. Uh, they all are coming under that same category. And then Jesus goes further and he talks about the righteous individuals. And the righteous individuals, that's the righteousness of God. This diversity demonstrates that each individual's contribution, regardless of its prominence, is, is vital. You know, all gifts that God gives to the church are, are equal. Now, some are more visible than others, but all are needed. You know, Paul said, uh, you know, a hand can't say uh, because, or foot can't say because I'm not a hand, uh, I have no need of you. No, not at all. All of us are members of the body of Christ, and all of us have been given gifts, and all of us can be a blessing to others. And that leads us to the third point. The third point is the smallest random acts of kindness will be remembered. You know, often there's things that we do that we don't even remember what we've done, but the Lord remembers. Verse 42 uh, says that anyone who provides a, a cup of cold water, a cup of cold water, um, Will be, will be rewarded. You know, this act, though seemingly insignificant, um, holds great value in God's eyes. Jesus also underscores the connection between acts of kindness to his followers and those acts being extended to him directly. He says one is the same as the other. Now, these three promises, when you take a look at them, emphasize the profound interconnectedness within the community of believers and how we're all connected and how Jesus observes all of the goings-ons, all of our actions, and God is a rewarder, and God, is a re God remembers even the smallest of the acts. Now, this third promise, which talks about the, the, even the, 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 the least of these, I want to spend a little bit of time in closing on this. Jesus says this, he says, whoever gives one of the little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of the disciple, I assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Now, the word here that's used is whoever, whoever gives it, or whosoever, you have a King James Bible. This promise is, is inclusive. It's without any limitations. It means anybody, whosoever. You can be a whosoever, right? If you've got a cup of cold water, congratulations. You can be a whosoever. It's not necessary to hold a position like a pastor, a missionary, a teacher, ordination. Again, I mentioned this before, ordination and minister degree uh, doesn't come, come into play in this. Anybody that provides a cup of cold water. And here's the good news. If you have a cup of cold water, you're, you're eligible. Secondly, look at the recipient. He says, one of these little ones. Now, now some people mistakenly uh, understand this to be children, and that's, I don't think that's the con connection here at all. Uh, I, I looked it up in the original Greek and some of the commentaries and stuff like that. I've come to the conclusion that what it's meaning is the least prominent, 
the, the least prominent of his followers, the, the least po prominent of the individuals. Uh, these are the people that, you know, there's certain people on the stage and there's certain people in the auditorium. These are the guys in the parking lot. You know, these are the guys that are taking the trash out. These are the guys that come and clean up the mess at the end of the day. These are the little ones. And little ones, let me tell you, in ministry and churches can be found everywhere. Little ones also, I believe, extends to those people uh, in the church that are hurting, uh, that are neglected, that are marginalized. They may be poor, even homeless, or abused, or forgotten. Jesus sees them all. Jesus said a sparrow can't fall from a tree without Jesus being aware of it, his Father in heaven being aware of it. So third, consider the action, offering a cup of cold water. You know, it's a simple act, isn't it? It's pretty simple. It's not expensive. It's often unnoticed. You know, you may have heard, for example, that the body is 98% is water. This is just one of my pet peeves. Uh, now, somebody most likely told you that. It might have even been a teacher that told you that. Well, I would tell you that that person uh, is incorrect. I'm not a science professor, uh, my, 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 my daughter is, uh, but the, on average, water makes up only 50 to 60% of, of, of an average adult's total body weight. The exact percentage can differ from various individuals, depending on how mu much muscle you have, also depends on how old you are. Uh, you remember probably uh, high school, high school students, wrestlers especially, trying to lose weight by, by sweating. They put on a, a jacket, maybe a plastic bag of some kind, they do some exercise, don't drink any water for a while, try to, to reduce their weight by, by uh, shedding off some water. Well, they can't lose that much, otherwise it's extremely dangerous. It's a, a person that doesn't have enough water uh, goes into what's called dehydration. Uh, we live in Florida, so we know a lot about dehydration in Florida. Dehydration happens when a body loses more fluids than it takes in. And it isn't only that, but, but there's electrolytes that are involved in your, in your body too. And, and trying to deprive yourself of, of water is, is a very, very serious undertaking. You have to be very, very careful in that. Um, let's put it this way. For most of us, a cup of cold water seems insignificant. Uh, when you're thirsty, you turn on the, on, the, on the faucet, you go to the refrigerator, you grab a, a bottle of Dasani, maybe throw a couple of ice cubes in a glass and have a, a refreshing glass of water. Uh, but that's not true around the world. According to the, the World Health Organization, the WHO, about 2.2 billion people uh, suffer worldwide because they don't have safe drinking water, about one out of every four people. That often leads to disease. A cup of cold water. You think Jesus knew all of this when he said that? How simple a cup of cold water is, but how essential it actually is to your health? I think, I think Jesus knew what he was talking about. Even a cup of cold water seems insignificant to us, but it's extremely important. It's not only extremely important for our health, but it's extremely important to Jesus because he doesn't miss these random acts of kindness. In a different context, you probably understand these verses as well. This is Matthew 25. Jesus says this, he says, Come, you who are favored by my Father, inherit the, pre the prepared kingdom from the beginning of time. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. There you go. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was uh, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick and you comforted me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous will ask, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and provide you a drink? When did we encounter you as a stranger and welcome you or see you in need of clothing 
and clothe you? When did we witness you sick in prison and visit you? These are great questions, right? These people are saying, when did you see us do that? When did, we don't remember doing that for you. And, and what's, Jesus what's Jesus' response to this thought-provoking question? Jesus says, I don't forget. And when you did it to the least of these, there's the same words, the least of these. When you've done it to the least of these, you've also done it to me. See, Jesus is echoing the, the same sentiment that he had back in chapter 10 in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is saying, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. That's in verse 40. Be hospitable. Allow others to minister to you, even though it's more blessed to give than to receive. Be on the receiving end, and you can be a blessing as well to others. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today.